Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome back to Event Brew, my friends. It is a new year. It is a new us. Well, it's basically the same us. Nothing's really new about us. Anything? I changed. I changed. Did you? Do you want to talk yeah, about I'll that? I'll talk about when I we talk about okay, what I, okay. when I'm drinking. Okay. Okay. Great. Sounds good. <laughs> I um, hope I have not been using the wrong pronouns. I'm sorry, Will. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I should ask. I should ask. You should ask every Always year, ask. once you a year. Ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think it's important. Me. it's important to share that as well. I think that it's a shared responsibility. Fair. Uh, great. I'm here, as always, with my three besties, Will Curran with Endless Events, Chewy Deep with Hot Rock Creative. Did I get yeah. it? Yes, you did. If you didn't have the question mark on it, I would have thought you were doing it on purpose. <laughs> I was like, man. <laughs> this, uh, no, I just, wrote, I just said Hot Pocket. Killing. I just said hot pocket. Hot pocket. And I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. You know, I should put what, a, a what, little Which hot pocket is everyone's favorite, by the way, before we go on rocket. to... This oh. conversation could get Meatball. real weird real quick. Pepperoni cheese. Have been cheese. I don't eat these things. <laughs> <laughs> and our fourth host, or third host, and then yourself. <laughs> is Nick Borelli with... Uh, let's say all seated. All seated. All seated. When we're all seated. That's great. That, is that the first time you've been here with their new title? Nope. You're two episodes too late. Oh, Am I? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, no, we did it on the we did it on a couple episodes ago. Oh shit! Great. I even I listened didn't. to that one. Well, maybe that's because <laughs> we're behind publishing. That's not. I don't know where we are from minute to minute. <laughs> well, these time three... is a construct. And also joining us is Dustin Wesling of One West Events. These three knuckleheads are all from America, and I am sitting on my high horse here in beautiful Canada. It's Dustin Wesling with One West. Now, shall we talk about what we're drinking? Will is so excited, yes. so excited to share something I, with us. So I have news to it. share, guys. I haven't had cow's milk in two and a half weeks. Wow. So I went from drinking like three gallons a week to now I only have oat milk. Um, so I'm rocking that. So right now I'm drinking uh, chai latte, but instead of regular milk, whole milk, I'm using Oatly's Barista, um, which is like a little thicker version of, of their oat milk and super good. So yeah. I I, Any milk, drink milk. that is yeah. like thicker as its adjective is like okay like thick it's thicker like in the sense that it it's meant to like froth a little bit more like normal milk where it's like that's everyone's complaint about like milk substitutes is that they don't froth Great. i also I'm, like the adjective normal in front of anything yeah and <laughs> and the word froth in general i just don't find i'm it. proud of you that's my go-to winter drink well chai latte with oat milk that's yeah. like yeah well my jam i'm, the last I'm quite concerned with what's going on in your life that you were so excited to share that with us you <laughs> well were, you guys gave me crap be... so much for drinking cow's milk so like i thought i would finally like get to say say i got to do something different i changed a routine i don't care 
what animal you drink your milk from. You said three gallons. Yeah, that yeah was, that... I think it was more about the <laughs> quantity versus the actual. Well, that's what happens when you get these big twenty ounce mugs, um, and you just never leave your desk. All you start at nine a.m. and it's five p.m. right now. I'm still haven't left my my desk. So you just Wait, the milk the is milk? left out all day? <laughs> I don't like, no, like my chai latte is like it's an all day like chai. Like I don't go back and like make continuous new chais. Is this like really that that shocking to you guys that I drink that much chai? Well, you, you you did hype it up a bit, so we're well, gonna I, we're gonna. Move I jumped on. the gun in a completely different direction. Well, audience, if you're if you're I'm happy for you. me, I w- th- feel free to hit me up on social. Well, say, like, let's go to Tui. Tui's tui, very tui, proud tui. of you. <laughs> Tui's deserve uh, all I deserve is Tui's appreciation. Uh, well, I actually went for a walk down to my local Starbucks for my lunch, and so I have a leftover green tea lemonade. Y'all like to let your drink sit on your desk for a while. So yeah, it's a theme. right. Well, I was drinking my my out. sparkling water. I have like three bottles of water right here, Great. so I went towards that first. Great. So that's why I'm drinking. You're not. Are you still in LA? I am. Oh, okay. Venice Beach. Does your diet change when you move to Texas? Do you, are you moving? I will probably be more barbecue. Yeah. Well, actually, great thing is, well, due to COVID, the company is actually saying, like, we don't, we don't need you to rush. And you can, t- you know, take some time, which I greatly appreciate. Because Fair. Mm. So they're letting you remote work. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just a little segue to where we're going. But (laughs) before we do that, Nick, please share with us what delicious, delicious, healthy drink you have today. I mean, speaking of remote, I'm uh, my drink is remote from Arizona. Uh, Some mucho mango. I'm like having the last sip of that before I move on to the next Mountain Dew. It's a little palate cleanser in between Mountain Dews. Uh, but yeah, Arizona, um, you know, it's a, it's a state I, I know, I don't think I know a single person that lives there. Um, (laughs) nobody, nothing, nobody comes to mind. Uh, not uh, even one. So actually there's a dead cow on it. Um, uh, which is cool. Cause like, uh, some sort of steer, which would have made milk, um, or instead of oat milk, uh, it made, um, drink. It's like a Chris Nolan movie. All the little dots are connecting. It's going to be a mind. Yeah, Arizona yeah. known for its mangoes. So, you know. yeah, totally made for its mangoes. So and it's snow. It's snow is, here last week. Is Arizona tea actually made in Arizona, or is that no? It's just... made in New York. Really? Yeah, this was funny. It's <laughs> like paste picani sauce. This is terrible. <laughs> what uh, what sort of uh, uh, beer scented candle do you have? Uh, I have no beer scented candle today. That was actually really <laughs> funny. Uh, today we're drinking strawberry bubbly because, as you oh. remember, I have not been drinking That's since right. the beginning of the year. Which, with one exception, I did go uh, on a little mini trip to British Columbia. And we were in the Okanagan, which is wine country, so I did drink a little bit there. But I have not drank in my own area code since the beginning of the year. So yeah, hmm. I, I thought you were going to say something along the lines of like the 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 fierce rivalry between Alberta and British Columbia, and that like by going to British Columbia, you had to drink in order to enjoy it. Yeah, that's not what but, I was going. No. Well, no, I'm no. proud of you. For, so, you're, are you? Do, how long are you doing? Uh, I have no, I have no I have no date. I have no. There's no. I'm not reaching a goal. I just hmm. am starting 2021 with a little bit less alcohol, and yeah, it feels nice. Nice. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, that's great. You know, when you sit here and do podcasts and slam back drinks that you don't really need to be having, then, yeah, <laughs> nice little change. 
Sure. And now we just two. You just got to give him a T, and then he can officially join yeah, the cult. That's not happening. All right. Shall we kick off today's topic, my friends? Yeah. What are we talking mm-hmm. about? I hope it's remotely oh, interesting. God, I can't with you. I can't. <laughs> you, like you make that was this one of your so difficult. <laughs> You can't, and you've got two as your fan club, and that doesn't help. Well, it's like a little, you know, like it, it, it actually is what's pretty good compared to all the other ones, the, all the other low-hanging fruits he would grab. It really works for me. Yeah. I think I think we should need to do an entire half you've hour You've spent your whole pun allowance. Just bantering back and forth with shitty puns. All right, mm. seven minutes in. Let's do this. Today, we are talking about how will a remote workforce impact live events? I think this is going to be. I think this. I think this topic is going to go all over the place. So everybody, just strap yourselves in and uh, and let's kick this off with. Uh, doesn't really fucking matter, which is kind of my favorite way to kick everything off. Remote work. Live I event. mean, if we're in the business of bringing people together and people are together uh, less, uh, then yeah. I mean, I think that like there's there's something there as far as. Uh, a likely a change in behaviors uh, and the change in behaviors mean the people who are tasked with, uh, you know, moving people's behaviors need to take that into account. If it's significant, maybe if it's not, maybe, but it's I think it's worth uh, some some kind of adjustment. And is there an opportunity there for us? Uh, is there a deficit there for us? Uh, is there um, is it is it good for us? Is it bad for us? Is there bad habits being formed that will hurt mm-hmm. us? Um, these are these are the kind of questions that, as a designer, I think uh, all of us are you know that way into design should be uh, trying to test right now. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is as as people are knocked out of the traditional routine, whether that's nine to five or whatever it is that you work and you start to create a new routine, a new home routine, a closer to home routine. You're, you're in your own community. You're, you're, you're not going into uh, a work center or going into downtown. I think people are going to become homebodies more than, more than they were before. And I think that, that a lot of the activities that you do are going to be surrounded around this little radius around your house. Cause that's kind of where we've been forced to be. And I wonder how much of that will linger and how that's going to impact, um, attendance in the future. Do you feel like you're more connected to your local community uh, or less connected to your local community? More connected. Way I would more s- connected. I would, say, I would say more connected for sure. I feel the same, but I've been doing this for a little bit longer. I think the remote side of things. Like I, I think if anything, me well, being no, forced to be... Well, no, because you don't travel as much now. Well, yeah, I don't travel as much, but when I'm here, I, well, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah. I, I guess the same way, but at the same time, though, too... I don't know if it's because of lockdown because like I legitimately haven't visited an actual restaurant and sat down with like people that I know in like the the area in such a long time. But um, I don't know. I don't I feel about the same when I when I went remote when before I was remote and I had an office and was traveling a bit. I probably, if anything, felt more connected because you had to go out and see, you know, drive around. You got to see the billboards. You got to see the stuff that was going on like. You know, there could literally be a fire like a couple blocks away right now, and I would have no idea. That's but that's that's also maybe hyper specific to it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just know from like personal experience that when we, as a remote company, whenever we got together for like an IMAX or something like that, it was always like a super really awesome experience. It was like such a like a 
those conferences became even more special. In fact, like when, when we started doing it and just started paying for employees to be like, Hey, yeah, come to this industry conference. We need, you know, you know, you, you're a salesperson. You probably need to meet with people that are here anyways, sort of thing. The thing that people didn't comment on was like how awesome the conference was. It was, I was so awesome. I got to meet my coworkers and see mm -hmm. my coworkers and hang out with my coworkers and everything mm -hmm. like that. Um, which I think I, was really exciting for I them. I think that's a double edged sword because I think that there's, there would be this, this this great opportunity to meet people that maybe you only work with virtually and then there's also like you don't know anybody so you end up going to these employee events that you don't know anybody you don't you don't you don't cross them in the hallways you don't see each other in the lunchroom you don't like those connections don't get formed naturally and then all of a sudden there's all these forced connections where you're dumped in a room with a bunch of strangers and yeah i can see i can see both sides of that I mean, for intentional design, I think that's an opportunity totally. uh, if there is a deficit of, of organic um, opportunities for people to get together uh, over time and over, um, you know, a natural course uh, of what we you know, have normally experienced as natural. I think that maybe that puts um, an added emphasis on intentional design in order to create the positive outcomes uh, that are associated with um, that type of organic connections. Um, if you don't have the time to just, you know, bump into somebody in the hallway uh, and then have that add up to a relationship over the course of months and you have maybe two or three hours together, how do you design um, mm -hmm. something that, that has maybe not the same, you know, impact obviously, but uh, has something that moves uh, the behavioral change to where you want uh, that to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I think the key to that is organically allowing, allowing those connections to happen. And I think the days of like you know speed dating in, cor in, in the corporate world are are long gone. You can't force connections with people. You can't put people in a line and say that this is who you need to meet today. I think it's about creating an environment that naturally fosters that sort of thing. And I think too i think you need to give you need to give people more time than you did before and you know networking in those little breaks can't be 15 minutes anymore because you've got to create that time for people to find each other and to uh and to connect Absolutely. so Tui, you just came onto a new company yes your, your perspective right now and your your remote your mm -hmm. your perspective right now i think is the most extreme uh, of the deficit uh, of like to be new into an organization and to not actually have the time to slowly integrate what what uh, wh where do you what are you wanting right now like what do you where's the emotional um gaps that would make you feel um more at ease more uh, like part of a community and more um able to do the things you need to do I'm in a good place. This is the first time what it's now going on three months of working remotely. And as long as you have your boundaries, I feel like also there's a level of understanding from across the board from the whole team is remote, right? And so if anything, it's giving me a more more authentic one one on one connections. When I do meet with the team, we do everything via virtual like video conference. So I do get to see them. But there is this like more human side of us where we're like in sweatpants or you know like we're um able just to freely discuss things on just what's going on in in just like outside of our work life and making time for that so i really appreciate that and i feel like 
that gives everyone because we can all identify with something on the experience design side for moving into live events and person events there we're able to not just identify like demographics but relate to like the personas that we mm -hmm. are in and so for let's say the event industry for those who are still uh working and everything we can we can empathize with with each other and so when we're going into now designing for future things when we get to reconnect in person and everything i feel like that gives us a a, a level up a, a hands up in being able to design around that because yeah mm -hmm. that would have to change if anything everyone's more excited for things now but i think in one of our previous episodes we talked about being more selective with things sometimes an event doesn't need to be an event mm -hmm. right and so those are all my my takes there i think this is where you know a good event designer is going to be key because i think a smaller business a more connected business that is more tech forward is going to feel less of the pain whereas a larger corporation so some of my you know my my friends colleagues clients that work for a head office in downtown Calgary that's got, you know, 3,500 people in a tower, I promise you there are a lot of people that they have not seen since this began because they have no, there's no, there's no business transaction that they're doing with each other. They're just people that they always see at the elevator. There are people they see on coffee break. And I think those are more of the connections that are going to be missed. And I think somebody that is now working and obviously we're talking about business meetings where we're bringing employees together um and we can we can move on from that but now as we're bringing people together we really have to understand what what is going on in your world how are people connecting who is connecting what departments are working together more and more and start building environments around that because the experience that Tui's having i think is is as the business gets bigger and bigger and bigger i think that experience changes a lot and i think there's going to be a lot of a lot more clicks, a lot more smaller groups that know each other that don't don't necessarily know mm, the rest yeah, of the like company. Versus that spontaneous collision meeting someone yeah. from a different department. That, and that's the word too. So like I was, uh, it was in the clubhouse event um, last week, and uh, Megan Fennell from uh, MGMA, uh, she said, you know, designing. Uh, for opportunities for human collision mm -hmm. as this like idea of not over designing. And I think that like what, what Dawson was saying that uh, I think that what has been done in the past ineffectively uh, or to a degree that was so um, pervasive that it, it made people have fatigue around it was this overly over designed mm -hmm. uh, speed dating style uh, connections. And I think that, the giving people the opportunity to find the human side of their coworkers has a net business result that is positive because right. uh, it helps for retention and it helps for actually understanding um, the voice behind the email. You know, we've all talked about, or many people have talked about at least, the, why isn't there a sarcasm font or, or something <laughs> uh, where all of the problems that come with um, reading um, people's uh, text primarily as the way to communicate with them mm -hmm. or even in, via Zoom where you see people in a very hyper uh, short period of time with uh, something that's on a schedule for a point. And that, if that's the exclusively, like for instance, if you exclusively have contact with your CEO in environments where um, 
they have a meeting with you that's very, very pointed, very uh, timed out uh, and um, about um, expectations and things like that, you're going to see them as a taskmaster because you're seeing them, you know, from that only that one window. And there's no um, there's none of that space in between Mm -hmm. uh, that that actually tells you that they're actually, you know, they're 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 a good person, you know, like they're. They let their hair down. They they have you know they're they're um, real and not a mm-hmm. human. But if you only see that person in uh, you know those two thirty minute increments per month uh, with an it you know Robert's rules and an itinerary and it's about you know getting to the next thing done or why can't mm-hmm. we just do this in an email? Right. Those kinds of things mean that you've designed um, a role for that person that isn't human and in fact mm-hmm. is exclusively their role. Right. Um, and look at the way look at the way we treat meetings now, right? Where it's the twenty minute meeting, it's you know no meetings over thirty minutes, no more than seven people in a meeting, like that sort of, you know, trying to shrink them down. And then when you look at that, and then the opposite to that is look at the way we design um, workplace and environments. We, you know, I I just toured a a, a new building here in Calgary, um, big head office that's based in it, and they have floor after floor that is built for collision. They're open to employees of all departments. Everyone has access to it. There's places to sit. There's places to hang out. There's place like, so we're we're building the physical environment to allow people to spend more time with each other, allow them to meet each other, allow them to collide. And now we've taken that away. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's funny because I think that the reason that the, the meetings are getting shorter are twofold. One, it's because um, people are hyper aware of the fact that um, these meetings they're could, Zoom. yeah, <laughs> most, exactly. Most meetings are bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that they don't need to be. So yeah, that they're trying totally. to make them valuable by um, making them super concise. And then the second thing is um, that I think that um, people are trying to make meetings um uh short so they can uh you know experience the 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 life that they're in i mean when you like one of the big differences between um you know people that have just newly discovered work from home is that they can get their work done much faster than they were when they were just going into an office no matter what using up 40 hours uh, and if they have 30 hours worth of work in a, a work from home situation, uh, they got 10 extra hours to do stuff they want to do. Mm-hmm. And once you have a taste for that of working yeah. efficiently, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, uh, you either go two ways, you either get twice as much done. Yeah. Um, it's usually it's kind of a balance of these things, but you either get twice as much done or you do, you learn how to do what you do really, uh, really fast and you do it, you things. know, yeah. yeah, do other things. It's usually it's usually yeah. twice as much work. Statistically, it's like proven yeah. that remote workers really, really overwork. Yeah, yeah. interesting. I, overwork. I, I it's funny. I, I when I talk to younger people that are now working from home, they tell me that they're like they're like I get done in three hours what used to take me eight with all the bullshit when I went into the office, and now I spend that time doing other things. I got to be online, but I'm like I'm doing other things. I'm taking courses. I'm doing yoga at lunch, whatever. And then when I talk to people that are a generation older they tell me that they are doing more work than ever before and they're you know they're 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 getting in more work they're doing more they're doing the job of two people and that not necessarily complaining about it but just being like i'm so efficient now at home i can take on more 
Um, so I think there's two, two, two different experiences going on there. I think when you have stake and when, when your hours, when you can draw a straight line to the amount of work that you do, cause you're at an echelon in an organization that compensates you, uh, for, uh, more results, right. um, then you do become the workaholic that will mention right. if you are in a position where you're a cog in the machine, uh, and the thing is spinning, um, you why, know, why, yeah, more Pokemon go for you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally and I, but but i do think that the the danger and this is this way off topic but i do think that the danger in all of this remote working is that once corporations get a taste for it and once they don't need you physically anymore you watch these jobs disappear and go off to other countries real fast oh interesting yeah because i mean it becomes much much easier if you can remote some manage someone who lives in austin for example you can easily manage somebody who's in bangladesh 100 percent. yep i mean it's also part raise, of like the raise your hand if you've done that mm-hmm. yeah i don't <laughs> raise your yeah say <laughs> i don't well, know but no I, but i think the thing is though about it though is that and then nobody's going to your t- live events because everybody will be in Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Well, I mean, like that's a really good point though, too, is that as like companies become more global, it becomes more expensive to bring people all together. Whereas, like, oh yeah, like, oh the conference is in LA and we're in Phoenix. Like, uh, I can f- afford that cheap flight for my employee to go. Right. But like, yeah, you really have to double think about it. Like, right. I mean, we have international employees, and like, I have to be like, oh yeah, like, it's going to be way more expensive. And we I'm have the to international employee, by the way, for our company. I'm the international employee. Really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that's true. The, the big, the biggest, the biggest office in all seated uh, is is in Israel. Oh, uh, that's the that's where the largest that's concentration that. of uh, employees are. That said, we have remote workers uh, in Germany, UK, um, uh, Africa, um, oh. New York, San Francisco. We we're like completely all over the place but I, I have seven hours one way where the majority of the people are like the event that we did at, that was in the evening in uh pacific time zone uh that a thousand people were at uh like last week um the, all the designers for the for the app like they were working seven out wait uh seven to ten hours, hours back yeah they just did an all-nighter so like talk about work-life balance yeah like, it's like 2 a.m for them on the event started <laughs> It was crazy. Like I saw the photos from it. Like they had like a party, you know, while they were also, you know, making sure that like the code was good. It, it's it's kind of crazy, such, but that's such a good point, though. As we get more global and as companies can start hiring from anywhere, like how how are you going to get those opportunities to continue to bring people together? What happens when half of your team is on a completely different time time zone, sleeping it's schedule, so work it schedule? Sucks. Like like the, the the opportunity to connect and collide even virtually is going to become less and less my my like schedule for when i can have you know meetings uh like my my mornings are, are like a one hour window or they're crazy i mean well, I, I don't have one hour uh because everyone works so much like you know because there's so much stuff to be done and it's tech but like yeah uh like my mornings are, are absolutely packed half an hour half an hour half an hour and then as the day goes on it's like much much easier less, for me to get less, work done less. and by the way their work week starts on sunday and they don't right. work friday right so it's oh, wow. it, it's so very four it, days overlap right so there's a cultural differences as well mm-hmm. uh so it, it's very it's very you know like i'm in that uh in a in a unique way currently and i'm i'm the outlier 
but what's uh, what's really cool is is that like everyone you know outside of COVID, generally speaking, uh, comes to Israel and they have like you know stuff for the uh, the team members. But like I'll tell you that we'll likely get together at a conference, like let's say Miami this summer, more uh, more often than, or I'm sorry, uh, more likely than we would to get together for just some like one off thing. So that's why I've been thinking more along the lines of like designing for that. Like if I've got a conference that is a destination conference, uh, not a destination necessarily like venue, but like destination uh, like that everybody, you know, it's on their calendars for an industry. I would start selling group tickets uh, and say like, here, this is this price gets you this package, which includes a room the day before for an all day, uh, you know, retreat and and working meeting in person with maybe even the, the tiering possibilities of having uh, uh, guided, um, you know, I don't know, trust falls. I don't know what people do in the 21st century. Uh, obviously, if I said trust falls. Um, so they have that. And then the conference is the next day. Or you could probably argue a shared experience of the conference and then the thing the day after. I think there's probably two different design uh, potentials with that. But like if I'm selling live event spaces right now to like large, um, like for larger gatherings, I would, I mean, the group, by the way, group tickets, that's the, that's always the, the sale, like too, if you can do it, like with conferences, right. um, what an awesome way to sell some group, you know, group tickets. So I, I want to make sure I'm hearing you. So the opportunity is to create space within an existing conference for teams to get together. Yeah, separate and, from the conference. Right. Uh, I think that's as, a brilliant idea. Yeah, like why not, right? And yeah. and I think that like you're gonna crave it, and I yeah. think it would be really fun to do it. Um, you know, maybe maybe I again I could see two different design concepts. One would be before, one would be after. The one after I think is a little bit more obvious, where you would say going into the conference. Um, these are these are kind of what we're looking to do with the you know uh, your role and like big picture. Um, you know be inspired but like be inspired focused on these outcomes mm -hmm. and then we'll all meet together and we'll have something we can all talk about that we all group right. you know experienced and then we can also use that to say what's next and i right. think for the conference organizers especially uh or even trade show organizers um what a what an awesome thing not only for just for the sales but for the the point of these shows which is to create action because mm -hmm. like retention really is based on actionable outcomes you know like if you attend a conference and you learn a lot and you don't use any of it and you forget it because it was shotgunned into you and you had to go right back to work and you didn't have any action plans totally it doesn't you don't yeah, yeah. it yeah. doesn't work yeah. so and i think it it also puts in the opportunity to say if you're building a program why not build a little bit more and if company xyz wants to come and bring you know however many of their employees let's plan an afternoon that's just for them let's get a speaker that's talking to them about their priorities and i'd I sell think, tiers i mean yeah. so you could you could have a bunch of people that could maybe just speak to directly to them based on their custom needs maybe that's the third tier maybe the first tier is just a room you know, yeah. do your own thing. You've got a, you've got a, you know, somebody that's got to have a meeting once a year anyway. So yeah. let them do their job. Uh, and maybe the middle tier is some kind of moderation, um, you know, option or, or whatever. But like, I think there's probably a bunch of different variables. And if I was a conference or a trade show, I would probably partner with organizations that would either be uh, sales and marketing trainers, uh, people that, you know, things that people normally invest in when it comes to um, these kinds of uh, guided, um, 
team events or, or maybe it's mm. uh maybe it's hr you know maybe it's uh culture etc but have a few of these different uh, proctors um, in your pocket and then you know team up with them to say like look we, we have these offerings that we integrate and then you have to book a space anyway right so like uh, oftentimes you book spaces and they have ancillary spaces and especially if you do it the day before mm-hmm. the day after where you have all those breakout rooms uh, mm-hmm. it, it's probably an inexpensive proposition to uh, wield your uh, relationship to get a bit more you know of totally. a deal yeah Leave. Yeah, so smart. you got if you got 20 breakout rooms and they all got AV, why not fill them with fill them with people and then let them loose on your conference? That's a great Cheaper idea. to do that than it is to do it a completely different day. Yeah. You know, there, there's going to be some I mean, there's going to be like probably some work uh, like even frankly, the audio visual likely will be, um, you know, for a breakout room will be sufficient for the needs mm-hmm. uh, of oh, an organization. Sure. Yeah. So it's just there. You know, it costs more money to move it in and out. It, it, we're keeping you up late. Sorry. <laughs> I'm on, the, I'm on the east yeah, coast yeah the world is yawn <laughs> yeah see so you and this is why i drink mountain dew all day long yeah i haven't had caffeine in like a couple couple months now yeah you need to get some of that well, i guess chai, chai tea counts as caffeine <laughs> sure yeah vacation sounds great um they sell it so anyways um i i think it's smart though because i can imagine that like the team building aspect would be huge too like yeah. i want actually who cares about sales and marketing like no i just want to bring the team together um you know, that's I probably the that's main really, deficit, right? It's yeah, you, oh, 100% main deficit. When I do it with my team, it's you go to a tremendous expense to to take people somewhere. We always, always plan to do a, a debrief and share knowledge and this and that, and it almost never happens. And when it does, it's never as impactful as I think it would if we could just connect while we're there and have, you know, an opportunity either to set goals for the week while we're in that environment. You're not anticipating the travel anymore. You're you're on the ground. You're ready to go. Or after where you're 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 literally still in that environment and still excited to share. So I think that's a great I think that's a great concept and. Um, I think to your point, if you are planning travel anyways, why not, why not go on the back of something that is already planned and mix it up? I love that. Can I add another tip that's not related to like team building? You may. Um, one thing I think that's going to change, and like I kind of was preaching this beforehand, uh, before COVID, because I want kind of personally wanted this to be a trend. But actually, I think Tui, you actually kind of helped spark this idea. Was that we were at an IMAX when we launched uh, Event Brew? How many ever years ago? Two years ago now at this point, and you were just like cranking out work. And I think you used to set. You said like one of the first episodes is that during conferences you like to just like hang out in the lobby and do that. And I totally was like, oh my god. I love that idea. And I started doing that more often. And kind of the idea that came out of it was co-working at, mm-hmm. at conferences too. I think that like now, especially like for some people, like going to a conference, they get to disconnect. They turn on mm-hmm. their room, out of office. No one's bothering them at work. Shit, that never happens when you work remotely. They're like, oh, you're at a conference? AK, that's where you're working today, mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't help when you make that like your Instagram thing, like today's. Yeah. You know, office. Um, but I think that like having a Today space the office to be able to palm tree and sand. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> except for like it's a, a a lobby of a convention center. It's a cat litter um, box I, and your I, I, box. I was late for our our IMAX recording because I was sitting in the little co work thing working. I remember that. And Tui had to come grab me. I was I was literally lost in my work. I because they built such a great environment and I just got plugged in and Oh I thought it was because you were at Starbucks. No. No I We went, went to Starbucks after. Yeah. <laughs> after okay. I was already late. <laughs> That's why we were more late. <laughs> um 
but yeah, like I, I like my vision of it is have a space where people can work, but then also like high speed internet, wired mm-hmm. internet, and like a place where maybe a little bit of divider so people can be all on calls and do their you know that do their meetings, but then like have it close to the space where you can just then walk right back into the event and get a part of the event versus like. I think that the thing but, that people yeah. forgot about, I think it'll become really, really apparent now because people are gonna be like, oh yeah, that's totally me. I have to do that. But like, I just used to hate it when I was like, there's no place, good place to work. So I had to go all the way back yeah. to my room. And then I was like, I'm yeah. not even gonna go back to the comic field. Like, Where the, are you? And the I'm like, spaces that they're building are so far away from the action. And they're so far, like you gotta mm-hmm. go, you gotta hike a mile away to some quiet meeting room. And it's like, that's actually not the environment I'm looking for. I want, yeah. I still want all the mayhem around me. I just want it to be quiet and I want the internet to be fast. Can you make yeah, all that exactly. happen for me? Totally. Yeah, totally. do you remember uh, in Toronto, uh, I. Uh, it's, it's like one of my best examples. Oh, yeah. The perch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. I, I yeah. look for these spaces and like, for me, it's always like, I want it to be like on, uh, on my terms. So like I can work, but I want to engage with the people I want to on my terms so I can see them, but they can't see me. So I like kind of scout out areas for that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, I was, I was like, uh, at the convention center, I just found the perfect spot and it was like this little perch right over where the stairs are. And then I just yelled down, Hey, Dustin, you know, and then you like little look up and then it was, there was no way to see me unless I were to like yell down at other people. And the sky opens and a bar of light came from the sky. Something like that. It's uh, called my name. That's why everyone that says like introvert extrovert is like a, a, a thing that you are is such nonsense when everyone's a spectrum and everyone moves across that spectrum back and forth yeah. depending on, you know, needs or whatever. And for me, it's like I need I need certain things at certain times and I need other things at other times. And that's like the perfect balance of like uh, I want to be away from you all, but I also want to see all of you, too. <laughs> and like Javits Center has this really I'm, cool I'm like yeah, I don't know if you ever seen this at Javits Center. They have this really cool, uh, like where they have all the interviews and stuff like that is uh, in the like, above the whole convention center and like all, all this glass, so you can look down at the convention center. Uh, so you get kind of like uh, they use this for um, a lot of the interviews and things. So like in the backdrop, you get to see all the hustle and bustle of all the people, uh, but you can have like these private rooms. Um, I'm in there because like a, we should start a community oh, of all the little hiding spots and all the yeah. centers. So what if it's like for ex- exhibitions, right? And like trade shows is like who can have the best co-working space in their booth, and that's where I'm going to spend all my time. Oh, I've done that too. You know, in fact, I've actually uh, there's been people's booths where uh, TSNN as uh, a good example where they said we have a bunch of extra chairs and stuff if anybody wants to like do some work while while they're there at, at Expo Expo. And I remember, um, like, Rachel invited me, and I was like, uh, yeah, you know what? Like, I like you people, but I also like getting work done. And it was, like, uh, really cool to sit there on this chair at this laptop and do work. And then when people walked by that we knew, we just said hi and, you know, got in conversations, and we went back to it. And I was like – and it was because, like, they do this uh, expo chat every Wednesday, so it was kind of like they were trying to do a um, a version of that, which is, like, this pop-in uh, so, uh, Twitter uh, hashtag that happens like on Wednesdays and they wanted to like do that in the real world. So uh, they had uh, people like popping in and like just working on their computers and then also, um, you know, talking to people, you know, every once in a while. Um, but yeah, what a cool idea for a maybe a, even a trade show booth concept where um, you had this like work environment where, you know, people could do that stuff. But also, um, you know, I don't know, you could ask them questions every once in a while or you could take pictures with them, something. 
Mm-hmm. If you want to get an influencer for free at your booth, <laughs> yeah. just hit us. Tell hit one of us up and say, "Hey, I have the best Wi-Fi and a ch- comfy chair with your name on it for the whole <laughs> conference." And boom, you get created basically for free office hours. <laughs> totally. Go. And just for the record, nobody wants to sit on a overdone sofa and a coffee table and do their work. So stop putting that shit out. Yeah, out- yeah. big ass table outlet on top yes. of the center of it. Yes, give some space to gather around. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, big picture for me, like, when I think about the things that COVID will change and we won't go back, uh, it will be a large segment of the workforce who will get a taste for both Mm -hmm. uh, their superiors and also the workers themselves getting a taste for remote work. So I think that, like, that is going to be one of those permanent changes that would have happened anyway, uh, but COVID accelerated, like there is many other ex- examples of. And I think because mm-hmm. of that change in human behavior, um, we and the fact that it relates to um, people coming together and because it relates to um, human needs that are not being met the same way, I think that it falls squarely in uh, the target of designers to consider uh, of mm-hmm. how that's going to impact what we do. Uh, where the opportunities are, where the deficits are, um, and where um, the the way that you've been doing business before, you know, should be looked at again, considering mm-hmm. that this change is, is something that I think there's really no way that won't stick to a, a high percentage point. I think this goes back to the thing that we've talked about since the beginning of COVID, where whatever you were doing before, it you need to change. You need to look at your audience you need to look at how they've changed you need to look at how their environment has changed around them what behaviors they have now that they didn't have before and the the things we were doing in the past they're they're likely not going to work in the same way and um and i'm also curious to see how work environments will change because of this is there going to be a push to make the workplace even more enticing to go to is there going to be you know, our employers going to say, hey, we want people to come back and be happy. So what more do we need to do? And I don't believe that's, you know, free cereal and macaroni Tuesdays. I think that's more environmental design, workplace design. And I think people are going to start emulating more of what it feels like to be at home and less feeling like you're in an office. And I think that shift has already started, but I think it's going to accelerate now. And I think the workplace of the, the post-COVID workplace design is going to continue to be more soft and more home friendly and uh and yeah and which is which is probably a good shift to to new new team members that you have had the ability to meet basically for the first time i think there's got to be some right in in a virtual environment is that true yeah we always meet new people and especially from different departments they actually come into our like daily meetings and we go around and we introduce ourselves and what but we you've do. met them for the first time like in this environment in this kind of like zoom like world is that yeah. I'm, so have you has there been people where the backdrop of where they're having that has influenced how you um relate or have the ability to break ice with them so a, an example oh, would yeah. be like yeah, like looking at Will's backdrop, no, nothing against either the brick wall that Tui is giving us. And, uh, I get a lot of compliments on this wall. It's it's definitely got some <laughs> character. It's very solid. I thought it was fake. But Will's got yeah, crazy Will's stuff going on, right? He's got yeah. like, all those Funko Pops. Well, you connect with them. You're in your apartment. It's like a portal, right? And yeah. It's into their life, into their world. And so where my computer was last time, it was, you know, I had like my bookshelves of everything and 
I've definitely commented and really gotten to know people saying, oh, you play drums? Like, that's amazing. Or, mm -hmm. hey, you have, like, it, I feel like I actually get to know them better because I feel like when you're comfortable in your home working environment, you're more genuine, authentic, I guess, to, like, who you are. You're not, you know, like, for me, gosh, you know, thinking about putting on jeans and, like, having full makeup every single day and, you know, it's, like, this facade and I feel like... Being in a working at home working environment is, I feel like I get to know people more like better on on just who they are at their core versus whatever two, they need to front. Two things jumped that, on that me. Works, One that is works both ways. <laughs> yeah, it does work both. <laughs> yeah, good and bad. <laughs> I just thought of the idea that like imagine a generation ago, someone saying like, uh, yeah, and then yeah, I have to even have to put on like you know makeup and jeans and go out and like <laughs> as a. As a right. statement of of getting ready to see the world, which I, I think is like the, speaks volumes to the, the the generational differences that we're in. But beyond that, do you think and maybe this is it's a question maybe a little bit for everybody. Will, I think, lives it um, maybe by design, maybe not. Dustin, I think this is an opportunity. Um, do you think there's uh, a design opportunity, an intentional design opportunity to guide team members to create their Zoom backdrop, you know, of their of their homes to tell stories. Yes, one hundred percent. I yep. I am actually working with a client right now on a, on some a, a series of um, of events that are bringing their employees together. And one of our one of our things is we're talking about like that exact thing. So like cool. des designing the environment around them and getting them to feel feel their best while they're on video calls and getting them set up properly and a little bit of an internal design challenge for them and uh, and yeah because I actually think that that is that is super important and becoming more and more important and I think that that the days of just throwing on the camera wherever you are I think we need to get past that because I think we're out of crisis mode now we need to get into this we need to get comfortable with the place that we're in and um, so yes, and I've got I've got lots of clients Definitely. that have an interest in helping their employees get set up to feel good and look good and have the right things, um, the right lighting and <laughs> and whatnot, because uh, it does it does make a difference to you know the overall experience and makes them feel good about what it is that they're doing. Yeah, I mean I think that there's there's potentially a kind of uh, multi strategy playbook that could be. Um, used for designers to engage with their um, uh, clients uh, beyond just the, I mean, because I've been talking a lot about this this year with people that I know that are in, in experience design of saying like, okay, you're, you have a design mind, that's your skill, and it, it's applicable to things more than just your specialty, especially in a world where your specialty is illegal, you know, right? So like <laughs> consider consider um you know utilizing that skill set you know with the people that i've the friends of mine that have come to me and like uh i don't know how to make a living I, i've been saying like consider using that design eye in this new world and mm -hmm. uh ap applying that to the square boxes that most of us are now forced in and i wonder if there is a how to make someone feel comfortable on camera oh uh, your, your pizza's here from your dog delivery apologies no worries <laughs> Um, yeah. So like, is there a strategy on, um, 
uh, sales strategy, um, an intentional design, uh, and designing the backdrop in order to help someone facilitate their, their sales experience. Um, you know, things in the backdrop that, that help people uh, organically launch into conversations. Uh, is there things that make people feel comfortable whose uh, psychology is, is less comfortable on camera and now they're on camera more? Is there a team uh, a play that brings everyone together? Um, is there a, um, a softening of someone's image uh, or a, a change in the image based on uh, perceptions that exist? I, I think that like you could, you know, just like the same way that you use design thinking to, uh, you know, uh, create uh, opportunities for goal setting, uh, or goal achievement rather, um, in design for events, I think that's those same muscles could be used for the remote world. And I think if everyone was kind of doing that, then when we do meet, uh, it might be something that we could also facilitate those same, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of interpersonal things to maybe bridge right. that gap. Right. Create comfort because it's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I was doing a, I was on a demo demo zoom today with a, a tech platform and um and it's this really really nice guy super personable really great to talk to and he clearly had a virtual backdrop on and it looked perfect he looked like he was sitting somewhere in la in this in this beautiful home it wasn't so big that you didn't believe it but you but you just you just it just fit and it looked great so he switched platforms and when he switched platforms his his zoom background obviously went away and you could see that he was sitting in this tiny tiny apartment like the closet right behind him and the whole the whole mood of it for me just changed like all of a sudden it was like it went from this really polished great presentation he was doing great and as soon as that backdrop and the illusion of this like perfect house that he was in changed to the back of his closet i immediately was like it was distracting to me because i was like it just it just made it seem so um it, it was just odd so i yeah i kind of know what you're talking about and interesting and, and i got it and there was no like there's no way for him to show me what he was showing me without his backdrop going away but sure it's like i was like isn't that interesting how i immediately was like oh jesus like, that's why you never use virtual backgrounds because if you ever lose it then you lose the okay listen the whole thing. listen but 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 the point is not for you to shit on virtual backgrounds the point is is <laughs> is I enjoyed it. I, I liked his virtual background. It fit the mood. It kind of, it, it was, it was, but yeah, it but it's awesome. that same idea of like, well, I don't know. It's, oh man, I'm going to like, I'm using a really terrible analogy for virtual backgrounds, but it's almost like the idea of like driving the fancy car. You use the fancy car to make yourself look all fancy. And everything that's like renting the fancy car though. Like, and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or the fancy car was a, was a piece of cardboard and then it fell down, fell down. But, <laughs> but, but more to the point, I think it's the, it's the quick switch of the intentional design of like, this was intentionally yeah. made to make you feel a certain way. It achieved totally. it. Yeah. It did. Regardless yeah. of what it was. And then it switched and it broke the connection yeah that was built on purpose totally so my the point of my story is not that it switched it was that it yeah. was that he, yeah, okay. he created a vibe and he like it it matched so perfectly and we like so that is going to more of what what nick said i think you know probably should figure that out because he's switching platforms if he wasn't it would have never bothered me that he was using a virtual background um, or if he started off in a closet and he just owned it and it made sense and it felt well, I, I have to tell you something like it's a, it's a big expensive tech product. Like I mm. would have, I would have been disappointed to see oh, his, okay. his closet doors. I would have, I, I, sure. 
it would have bugged me to see him and and i and i'm becoming more and more critical about where people take their phone calls because i think that there is a level you're of, dustin wesling no because i think there's a level of professionalism <laughs> at this point yeah, that we no, should 100%. all we should all be adhering to and i agree like well it's fu- what's funny too is that for most people it's also just a matter of literally turning your desk 90 degrees and having a wall behind you but right? that's like, but that's what we're talking about it's so easy yeah. to get people there you just need to people need to understand that yeah. that that's the way it is and i think also you're asking people to alter their homes at some point right like uh, you know so many people are working out of their bedrooms because their kids are at home doing their schoolwork at the dining room table or the you know their significant other is working from home too and has the desk and you know that's why now we need to start making intentional efforts to build those spaces um, well it's funny i remember when um I remember when I started event icons that like my, my shelves that are now behind me became so iconic that people like also would comment like on my cardboard cutouts of like superheroes, but then it became the Funko Pops. And I didn't have that many Funko Pops, I think on the shelves in the first couple episodes, I have to rewatch it. But then I started putting them up and then people started commenting on it. I was like, Oh, let's do this. And it became so much that for like, I think a solid couple months, maybe a year that I was um, in that spot doing that setup that when I moved, I literally designed where my desk would be to have that shelf behind me. Um, and it's still been that way. Like this shelf literally will always be in the backdrop until I find something really crazy to like replace it. But like I, I literally designed my office around that, that space. And uh, I think it's the same way that we specifically design events around specific venues and all that stuff is really important. I just think that like, for me, especially the remote, (laughs) the remote workplace part and like where we come in in design um, and, and where the gaps are, I think for me, like the part that I'm the most interested in is how we can tell stories to, um, change behaviors and, and, and foster community, uh, by breaking things, uh, breaking the ice and making people approachable and, and having some kind of connection to people, um, in their, in their designs of the, of the backdrops, less so on the, like, like, let's say it's pristine or and, and look for a sales environment I think that's probably a very interesting uh, a way to put it like I'm not showing up in my sweatpants to sell Lexuses right so like there is there is a bit of that you know of that perceived uh, echelons mm-hmm. but like I, I think that like for the most most people as far as the team's part is concerned and bringing people together part is concerned uh, as opposed to the sales experience um, I, I really want to see if there's a way that we can uh, make an impact to create more human um, um, backdrops and more human designs that help bring people together in in uh, and and break down walls in a way that text doesn't mm-hmm. uh, that short meetings don't uh, and just that flavor of humanity that I think we're desperately craving right now. Um, just give me something I can comment on. You know, like mm-hmm. a, there's a team member of ours who has. Um, a Captain America shield on her wall. And I was like, I pivoted my computer over and I was like, I have one too. We've got to be the only two people in this company that both behind us have a, a Captain America shield on the wall. And like, I remember that now. Or in like, the world. Well, it's <laughs> a, it's a kidding. popular brand, but yeah, I mean like I have way nichier stuff that like I have a Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the pillow, a pillow shaped like one behind me. So my stuff gets really weird if you want to go down that rabbit hole, but like for me it was like at least I had something I could connect on that level. Meanwhile, I did a show uh with Socio that Will was on um that uh I think uh, a guy with uh, uh Damani's uh, group had like in the background, I could see this very specific transformer still in the box. 
and I knew which one it was. So instantly, we were talking in, in a whole group of people. Him and I awesome. were just talking. <laughs> Everyone else I saw was his stuff. I was like, "Oh, Nick's gonna go crazy for this guy." Yeah, we like we were just like, "Well, we know everything about each other," you know. Like, and it was it was cool because I I will maybe never meet that person in person, and I think that's becoming more and more the norm. But I had a faster connection. And I think that like when we talk about the value, because like all day long, all I'm doing right now is trying to determine what the value of events are to people. Uh, And the acceleration of trust keeps coming up as one of those things that is like vitally important to coming together. And I think that in a deficit of coming together physically, we have to find ways to accelerate trust uh, more and that usually is through shared connections and if you have niche shared connections they're stronger and it works faster but if it's broader you know at least it's it's the basis to build something Nick as always <sighs> as yeah. always you know I tried to drive my mic but it's on a stand oh, <laughs> <laughs> well what's All the right. call to action like what like, we, I actually would love to hear other people's input on. I would love to hear what I think going back to to the topic of the remote workforce, I'd love to hear from people of all sizes of companies about how they're staying connected with their with their colleagues. Um, what has changed? If you've started a new job and you've never met people in person, what's that experience like? I think it would be really interesting to uh, to hear about that. And I think this topic will continue to um, progress as the months go by and as 2020 continues to be, did I say 2020? As 2021 yeah. continues to be just like 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to wrap it up from there. This was a long one for us. Yeah. We were feeling it. I mean, yeah, yeah my, my end thing is just pay attention to how things are changing uh, mm-hmm. in how you feel. And pay attention when you feel a longing and a desire for something. Pay attention because other people probably are too. Yep. And um, that's an opportunity for intentional design to come in and and alleviate pain. 100%. I 100%. I don't know what they're doing to you over there at All Seated, Nick, but you're getting to be quite the softy. <laughs> yeah. So cute. So cute. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Bill? That's true. Nah, you know, I think that it, it's funny that all this stuff related to remote work that, like, We've been just feeling it for years. It's fun to watch how other people think it's going to change because we feel like we've been embedded in it so much. And it's so cool to watch from like the outside how everyone is going to then perceive how it is because, you know, I think it's going to really take a lot of energy into something that I've been really passionate about for so long and kind of take it to that next level. Awesome. And plus I want remote working spaces at conferences. Beauty. Finally. And uh, for me, if you're feeling that virtual backdrop, you fucking go for it and you use it. <laughs> and if it feels good, that cardboard Ferrari, you if, do it. If it feels good, you use it. Don't listen to Will. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap this baby up. As always, you can email us at eventbrew at helloendless.com. Um, we would really like it if you could subscribe and rate and do all those fun things we do extremely well in canada so that is a call to all of you lazy americans that are not promoting us send us to a friend and don't hate me for saying lazy american that came out wrong what are you uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think any of us be honest i meant if <laughs> you're being if you're being lazy and not sharing us and you live in america i'm not generally stating we might need to cut that part <laughs> out i get enough hate mail uh, and great. hashtag hashtag, and hashtag yeah and we I, I at least I love it when you guys reach out and you guys are like, hey, let's do a vet brew. I'm like, really? You sure? Like, it's really great to connect and 
for you guys to tell us your thoughts on all these um you know episodes that we do so definitely when we say these call actions like we're listening we're out there we want to have those conversations absolutely and remember you get this content for free so it's the least you can do bye yeah. bye, bye guys thanks again for listening to event room be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app also be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode see you next time on event brew